Hi guys, welcome to Water Mouth, a show that talks about fitness, nutrition, and life from three average athletes that have no business doing so. I'm your host, Michael, and I'm joined with my two gym besties, Cassie and Ashley. Today we talk about the semifinals, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we're excited for, and please remember that you can always support the show directly on PayPal at LiveLaughWatt. Thank you and enjoy the show. So we're going to talk about the semifinals, kind of anything we want on it. I think it'll be interesting to get your ladies' thoughts. I actually didn't watch all of it. What about you guys? I didn't watch the Torian Pro, but I watched the Mac and I watched the Granite Games. So I did watch all of the Torian Pro. I don't even know if I watched all of the Mac or all of the Granite Games, but I watched most of both, but all of the Torian Pro. Okay. So we're going to be like experts on this. This is great. Return of the Mac. I just wanted to make that joke like all weekend while I was watching it. It's like, return of the Mac. Juan Zagran. You don't know that song? No. <gasps> Does anybody know that song? Reporting you, doesn't it? For trying to use it? No, I think you actually have to play it. Anyway, uh, my boy Colton Mertens made it. We stand. We look. I love him. I love him. I... Like when I watched him at the Rogue Invitational before COVID, I was like, I like this guy. I want this man to succeed. And he did. And I'm proud of him. Uh, so backstory for the listeners. I watched the Rogue Invitational also. And there was, I think it was the last event is the one that he won. And it was, I don't really remember what it was, but it was like barbell work. And he cycled it really fast because he's really short and has short arms. And so it's kind of his wheelhouse. And I made a short person joke, which usually if I make a joke or make a meme, I try to also make it a compliment. But I, it was really just a meme make, making fun of how short he is. But in the caption, I decided to compliment him since I wasn't doing it in the meme in any way. Uh, but he came back and he commented on it. He said that he was a little muscle hamster then proceeded to both like and follow my page. And he has occasionally dropped in and dropped likes on things. So he's like the first pro athlete, the first and only at this point. No, well, uh, we'll say the first uh, and only pro athlete to, uh, to follow me. Definitely the only one to consistently like my things. What about me? I'm a pro athlete. You're not a pro athlete. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you that one. You can fight Colton for it, but you're not going to win. He'll, he'll win. So anyway, I was really excited to see him um, do so well because he kind of created a little fan base over here in Maryland. It was funny. So when uh, I saw him, it was like a roller coaster of emotion for me <laughs> because I saw the mullet first. And I was like, ooh, Justin Medeiros, who's not Ricky Garrard, who I really love. I was like, I love him. Like, I'm so excited to see him. And then they did a zoom in and I was like, that's not, that's not Justin Medeiros. I was like, that's somebody else with a mullet. I was like, well, that, I feel like that man's a copycat. And, uh, cause only one person in the world can have a mullet at a time. Um, but then like watching him compete. I was like, oh, I actually kind of like this guy. So it was kind of like this, uh, you know, roller coaster. And, you know, Michael and Cassie, you guys had been kind of going back and forth. And I was behind you guys because I started with the Torium Pro. 
um, talking about him, talking about how much you liked him. So I was trying not to be biased, but he, he was very enjoyable to watch. Like it was, it was very fun. And I think that kind of goes to uh, speak to a little bit about how exciting the semifinals actually were this year without Matt Frazier. I would like to just talk about that for a second because watching uh, with Tia was just like not fun. It was so lame. And watching the men compete was so exciting because it was like just such a fight the whole time. Or with like Tia, it was just like, well, Tia's going to win that. Which is funny because the ladies at the Granite Games were very fun to watch. And the person that ended up winning it didn't even, uh, she like wasn't even in the lead until like the very end. She just kind of like snuck in there. It was a lot of fun. Also, damn, there's some badass 17-year-old girls out there. Holy shit. They're like opening up with snatches higher than my PRs, which like isn't uncommon for women in general in CrossFit, but 17-year-olds, like you are children and you're lifting much heavier weights than me. It was so fun watching um, Haley Adams. No, not not her. Mal O'Brien. Yeah, it was fun watching Mal O'Brien because you watch her and like you you think you immediately think of like Noel Olson, how he goes like so hot out of the gate and then like crashes and burns. But it was so fun watching her because you just saw her like go ham on like those uh, dumbbell thrusters and like that workout. And like every other workout after that, she was just balls to the wall from the beginning, but she could like sustain it. So she's, I'm sorry, Noah Wholesome, but she sustained it way better than you ever did because she was just going for it. And I just loved seeing that. I love seeing like just, just someone other than Tia just going for it and not saying I'm not settling for second place. Like, like she had that fight in her and I loved seeing it. It was uh, very cool to watch, watch the younger gals uh, kind of fight it out. And one of the things, and I think we kind of touched on this a little bit when we, we had one of the other podcasts, uh, but to see all these like younger athletes stepping in with the individual events rather than kind of staying back in the teen events, um, it does make me wonder what, what this sport will look like in five years, 10 years, because at 17, like competing with athletes at this caliber, I mean, st- even standing next to the other female athletes, I was like, you can, like Haley Adams, like even seeing her next to Tia, like when they were going head to head on the, uh, was it muscle ups or, or pull ups or toes to bar? It was not one of the events. Uh, Haley's like a quarter of her size, <laughs> but she was like, it was, oh, so fun to watch her keep up. I, you do see like these younger athletes are competing at this same range. I mean, she kept up with Tia Toomey, like what four time fittest woman on earth. How many times has she won now? And I wonder if eventually we're going to start seeing that it's not going to be the late twenties and it is going to be these early 20 teenagers that are going to start kind of coming out. Cause uh, if you watch like the Haley Adams, like her YouTube, I, I kind of have been creeping on her YouTube a little bit. Like she's been doing this for a minute and like her whole life is like, training and eating, training and eating. So they're like primed. It's, they didn't have like this random upbringing into CrossFit. They've been training CrossFit. 
So I think it's going to be interesting to see what the, the games and the semifinals and everything kind of looks like athlete-wise in a couple of years. Yeah, I can concur with that. It'll definitely be different. I think uh, we've talked about like how athletes will just keep getting better and better and better and better. We haven't even seen like the best of the best yet. And I think this is the beginning of that first wave because it's the first time we've had like not just people who've been doing CrossFit for a while, but people who were like raised doing CrossFit and training for it since like a very young age and totally hang on. Cause I'm saying good night. Good night. Good night, dude. Good night, uh, Leo. No, he's just already halfway out the room. <laughs> I, I do want to like send it in a different direction real quick. And that is, do you guys like the new model? I know it's going to change a little bit as they perfect it or, you know, just make it better. But like, do you like the new model of you have one uh, semifinal? Yeah. It's basically like regionals all over again. They just rebranded. I don't know. I think, I think what's fun is the last chance qualifier because that's that's a game changer for a lot of people so we're gonna see people like making dumb decisions or we're gonna see some people really shining and i think the people who come out of that last chance qualifier are gonna be like real contenders for like top 10 at the games i was just gonna say i want i was gonna say the exact same thing that i'm very excited for that that last almost more excited than the rest of the semifinals um because there's nothing i i love more than an underdog so i think that's gonna be and it's gonna kind of foster who i root for at the games too i think yeah, I love the smell of desperation. So I don't know m- much about like how regionals was run because I don't think I was paying attention or caring at that moment in time. Did you only do one regional? Mm-hmm. I think it was it was one regional and five people from each region would move on to the games. So pretty much the exact same way it is now. Yeah. Okay. They just rebranded. Um, I do like how if you don't make it and you don't make the like last chance qualifier you're just done uh, i think that's like more in line with like how real sports do it you know like do um, any and every event that pops up all the sanctionals right like the that system kind of favored whoever had the money to travel and do all of the events i do think it's fair I've heard this whispered about like a seeding system and picking where you want to go for inside your, I guess for lack of a better word, region, right? Like to pick if you want to go to the Mac or the Granite Games or the West Coast Classic. I think that's kind of fair to have a seeding system and then like placing them in because obviously if if the person who wins the Open gets to pick it wherever they want, you might not want to go there if you're number two. And we don't, as fans, want them all going to the same exact one either. We want them spread out. So I really do like the way that is uh, organized. I agree. And one thing, um, when me and Malcolm were watching it, we kind of discussed that the Torian Pro, the Mac, and the Granite Games did not have the same workouts. So some of them were similar, right? Like a one rep or or different formats. Um, And we talked about kind of like, is, is that actually fair? You know? And I mean, it is at the end of the day, right. Cause it's all CrossFit because I originally was, I think they should all have to do the exact same workouts, but how boring is that? Like when I really thought about it, cause after we watched the Tori and then we started watching the Mac and then the Granite games, I was like, if I was watching the same workout three times, there's no way I could have actually watched that. 
You're not the only person to think that either. Um, I was listening to Sean Woodland talk about it, and he initially was a fan of testing everyone the exact same to get like to to make it fair. And I actually, I'm not a fan of that. Actually, one is like it will nothing will be fair in sports in general. Like to switch to like football for a second. Like I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, and for like the last decade, we've had to play the Patriots like several times a year right like and we've not and we didn't make playoffs for a long time because they just dominated that division there were years where we actually had better records than people in the playoffs that's just the way it is right like sometimes people get the short end of the stick but who ends up like in the end of the playoffs like the better teams anyway it sucks to like to say like yeah maybe the we're not getting like the top top like there might have been people who squeezed in there who got like a lucky break and there are people who like probably should have been there that aren't but there's not going to be like people on the podium who don't belong there if that makes sense so i do want to disagree that um i'm not on board with them picking their region just because you get to cherry pick i don't like that if you truly are good enough then you're going to go to the games in the region that you are in so when you cherry pick like that i just I mean, I, it, sure, it's fair, but, and, you know, you get more diversity and, like, the, the personalities that are there. If Matt Frazier's in your region and you're not coming in, like, second place, because let's be real, you're not going to beat him. If you're not good enough to get second place in there, who's, you're definitely not, not good enough to get high enough in the games. Oh, I think you're you're thinking of it differently than I am. Like, I'm thinking of it more of, like, when you hit, finally hit, like, the semis that's like the the seating system is like the playoff seating system where like the guy who places higher the top team plays like the bottom team that made the playoffs and like that's just the perk you get for excelling previously which i mean that could be a difference of opinion does that make sense am i not making no, sense? Not at all. no it doesn't i'm make not sense. sure what you're basing that up because it, it's completely different from football no but like I, what I'm saying is like it's an it's just like how do I put it? Like if it's based off of how you place in the open and they seed it out and they let you pick where you go, that is the perk from doing well in the open. Oh, so what you're saying is you or is this how it is right now? I'm not sure. I think that's I think that's something that they're like post COVID that they're flirting with. Like if you, the higher you score in the open is kind of your first choice of where you want to go. And then they'll fill in the rest of the seats. Yeah. But there's also like, like, it's not like I'm, I'm American and I can go to the Tory and I only have a choice within my area. So it would be Granite Games, Mac and the West Coast Classic. Does that make sense? Like, I I can't just go like, oh, well, I really want to go to the Torian because they program shit for me. Like, you do get kind of that, like, within your region, but you can't go outside of your region. Well, I don't think that's fair either, because isn't it just the Torian Pro for Australia? Yeah. But, like, that's that's not fair. That's not fair in general. But that's also based off of, um, like, open registration. So all of the American athletes get to choose which semifinal they get to go to while all the Australians are only allowed to go to one unless you're Tia Toomey then you can go wherever you want to pick the Mac yeah no we're also like completely talking out of our assholes right now (laughs) we always are 
Yeah. Even new. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter what it's going to be. I'm still going to pay attention to what's going on. Can we also talk about how the map was in Tennessee? That's not the mid-Atlantic. <laughs> it was a disaster this year. The map was a disaster. Tia Toomey was there, number one. It was in Tennessee, not the mid-Atlantic. And the naming scheme for every single workout was weird. Who names a snatch event eight miles? Eight miles in Detroit. <laughs> All I could think of was Eminem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, why didn't they just name it Max Snatch? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much better. The Max Snatch. Uh, and then there was what the Tri Wizard Cup or something, right? Yeah. What was that? They were like the Tri Wizard Cup. Tri, three. There's usually three schools competing in that. I was also disappointed by the lack of wizards in that event. Yeah. What was this wizard did not make an appearance. What was that? Oh, I love him. I was expecting Voldemort to show up and kill some people, but that didn't happen either. <laughs> yeah. What was that? If Rich Ronin was programming that, it was garbage. We're not going to disagree on that one. <laughs> so um, I am excited for some of these virtual ones i was listening to and again i didn't do my homework but whichever one laura horvath is going to which i don't know why i love laura horvath like i just want her to win every year and then she never does because she's got huge like holes in her game (laughs) how do you get Uh, to the how do you get to the crossfit games and you can't do a handstand push-up yeah and uh i forgot which one she's in is it a german throwdown whatever it is they don't have handstand push-ups in this (laughs) like it's not scheduled at all it's not programmed at all so i'm like she's gonna win it (laughs) okay now we're talking about fairness that's just not fair (laughs) it was like the person who programmed that had to know she was coming you know what i mean <laughs> like they, they knew yeah how do you make it through an entire semifinal with no no handstand push-ups it was either like you knew that the programming was either going to be like no handstand push-ups or it was like 150 of them for time <laughs> that's your entrance into the game into the semifinals you have to do 150 before they let you in the stadium <laughs> And I remember watching her at the Rogue Invitational last year when it was virtual and she got like two handstand push-ups and couldn't do the watt. And I was like, I'm just like her. I can finally do something like an athlete. Athletes, they're just like us. And I follow a bunch of athletes on my uh, Live, Laugh, Watt Instagram. She's always, she's one of them and she always posts workout videos and then she's never doing them. She's like me where she's like, nah, fuck that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't like it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> differences is I don't embarrass myself on national TV. The worst part is if you if she went head to head with any of us at literally any athletic movement, it wouldn't even be close. <laughs> even except handstand. for the handstand push-ups. We would easily beat her. Even me. It looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> I do them. Oh my God. I can't wait to watch that. I, I'm gonna be looking for handstand push-ups the entire time, but they're not they're just not gonna come. No, from my understanding, they are not programmed. (laughs) I think that there's like seven foundational movements that are always in a region. There's always rope climbs. There's always handstand push-ups. There's always snatch. There's always cleans. Muscle-ups. There's always muscle-ups. Two more movements that I didn't didn't (laughs) think this through. 
<laughs> lunges. Like, yeah. There's a lot of lunges this year. There are always a lot of lunges. But there's some air squats in there. What about that torque tank in that? Uh, I said that all weird. What about that torque tank event? The torque tank is a very interesting machine. It was, I didn't like how um, everybody was resting on it at the Mac and then they had to really undo everything for um, the Granite Games and say, no, you have to only use this part of it because everyone at the Mac kind of figured it out. Yeah, well, Tia Toomey put her chalk on it and was, like, chalking her hands while, like, like just pushing the thing with her body, which, like, they didn't tell her not to, so I can't be mad at her. She was like, yeah, she basically was like, yeah, you're dumb if you weren't doing that. I was chalking my hands, having a lemonade, like, and then I went over and I did my muscle-ups. Yeah, she was resting. She was, that was rest. That was rest. But the one, so the torque tank is cool. It's fine. It's unnecessary. Uh, because we have sleds. The issue I had with the torque tank, I actually saw it, was it at the Torian? I forget. But there was one athlete that just started pushing the torque tank and took off across the field. So her magnetic piece had to like malfunction because she was literally across the field in like 0.3 seconds. And then everybody else was dying. Um, So she definitely, she, she got like a five second, maybe 10 second advantage on everybody because her magnetic thing definitely was not connected. It looked like she was pushing nothing. We were like, why is everybody struggling? That girl did it so well. And then she tried to get back on it, died. Just straight up died. Plus the like fatigue that everyone else had, she did not. Well, it was straight off of the uh, skier. I mean, like she didn't do the work if it was easy. Yeah, you're right. You're agreeing with me. Yes. (laughs) Um. So that was like kind of interesting. It's cool. Like, I feel like if we had one at the gym, I would use it. I wouldn't not use it, but it would have been just as good to me if they, or maybe even better if they took some sleds and just threw, threw like 250 pounds on them and were like, figure it out. I, I guess, I guess they had like the baseline too, because the torque tank was at the Torium Pro too. Because mm-hmm. it was in all of the semifinals now. I guess it's going to be like the new thing that CrossFit's going to market is the torque tank. There's always one thing that they're marketing there. Money, money, money. I mean, I guess, so I guess like we've had the, the three semifinals there so far. And they've all had similar movements. They've all had uh, a one rep something. And they've all had the torque tank. So I guess even though they don't have the same workouts, they have the same like general kind of movements to them which i guess is a fair assessment of like their overall fitness if you take the same elements but put them in a different way i guess that's a different way of finding out who's fitter than who also when you have like so many weeks in between like the first one and the last one if it's the same events these people can be like really gaming them trying to like seeing what other athletes did in competition and then adjusting Because you can practice at home, but you still have to, like, use your own brain, right? But if you're seeing what they're doing on the competition floor, that's really, like, an unfair advantage. That's true. So I'm I'm on board with everybody programming different things. That's fine with me. As long as they're, like, the same kind of types of movements, that's fine. Because you can get real creative. Except for Rich Froning, because he is terrible at programming. The other thing that's interesting about them being, like, different like time periods is like the athletes have to like peak at different 
points in time. So they're like all on different cycles. And then like when they're done, if they're not going to the last chance qualifier, like the games prep is going to be different from the one who does it in the beginning than the one who does it at the end. Oh, I never thought of that. That is interesting. That is interesting to think about. One thing I was going to say, um, and I need to think of it again, programming. Oh, programming. Yeah. Like I said, I had, I was like, oh, they should all do the same thing. And then, well, like the point of CrossFit is to have well-rounded overall fitness. So really like no matter, as long as it, like you said, Cassie, they're well-programmed events, like it should be fine. Like it should really all come out in the wash. But when we look at the games last year, that elimination style, I thought was terrible because they took a whole bunch of like random endurance events and just put them at the beginning of the games and eliminated people which like, yes, you do need to have endurance, but I wonder if they're going to do that again this year. I, I felt like that was unfair and I didn't like that last year. So I loved the concept of cuts. I hated the actual implementation of the cuts. I, when I get done, when they're doing like a clean ladder, I don't want to watch 40 people do a clean ladder. I want to watch 10. I think that's cool. I want to see it in the Coliseum. I thought that was cool. Like, that type of stuff, I thought I thought that was done really well, that part. You know, you're now invested in these athletes of the top 10. Let's watch them lift some heavy shit. They know that they're, like, competing against each other. Sending a god knows ungodly amounts of people to the games and then cutting, like, half of them after the first event was, like, aggressive. Also, like you said, I, I don't think that was a really good test, that first event at all. And I would have liked to see cuts maybe by the end of the day and less aggressive but then by the time you get to those back ends it it is the events that you want to see just a couple of people do and one thing that was uh i didn't really think of until i was watching and and cara was like you know like i think of the purse right was like five thousand dollars for first place for semifinals but like her ticket to get to the games is like twelve thousand (laughs) dollars like it's an insane amount of money for these people to get to the games like physically show up there. Um, And, you know, the top athletes, of course, it's probably sponsored and paid for. And, you know, CrossFit is not their main like avenue of income, but for some of the like lesser known athletes, like probably like, you know, Colton Mertens, like he's on his own dime getting there and like doing all of that. So to be cut that fast before he really had the chance to gain or I mean, not him, obviously he wasn't there, but like for some of those like younger, newer, fresher athletes uh, to kind of get cut off at the legs before they can even kind of get those sponsorships, which is where all of these athletes make their money, right? Like nobody's getting rich off going to the games just for the games purse. Like they talked about, oh, they're giving 2.5 million in prizes this year, which is like a ton of money. Like that's awesome. But like there's you know, women, men, teams, adaptive athletes, you know, the team categories and the adaptive athletes have like a whole bunch of categories now, which is freaking awesome. When you split up that 2.5 million, like what's the winner of the game's going to get at the most half a million, which for that one person was worth it. And the rest are there on their own dime with no sponsorships. And now they've been cut the first round. Uh, so I don't think, I think that's one of the like they just made that inaccessible. I didn't care for that. Well, they might get like a coupon to get like, you know, buy one, get one nobles or something, you know? Yeah. Only one noble comes in. <laughs> one noble. 
<laughs> You'll receive them by the next time you go to the games, which is never. <laughs> we lost your other shoe in the mail. <laughs> they actually give you the nobles, but they also like charge you for it. <laughs> no, you can use quad pay. Four easy payments of $10,000. Or you can put your house up as collateral to pay for the shoes. All right. We've been going on for a little bit. You guys have anything else about the semis? Since we've divulged into the games. I'm going to say this. I think um, some athletes to definitely look out for. Obviously, the teens were good. But out of the Granite Games, one athlete was like Shelby Neal. So she like clawed her way from like the third heat into the first heat on like the final day. So like the you mean the that grind. the other way around? She went from the first heat to the third heat. Oh yeah, whatever. Um, she got into like the, the the big dog heat. Um, from from like the last heat, and like I thought that was like kind of cool. She might be somebody who might be maybe a last chance qualifier like next year, but she looked like someone who was like super consistent. Also, like uh, the guy who won the Mac. I think he might be like Frazier 2.0 because he looked very strong. So if he can keep that momentum, he's going to be like another six-time athlete. I don't think we can uh, wrap up the show without talking about is it Anthony Davids. Anthony oh. Davids with his 340-pound snatch. I can't deadlift. I can't even dream of deadlifting 340 pounds. And that man snatched that. I just think that needs a shout out. Yeah, he set the record for the... Uh, the highest snatch in um, a recorded competition. Although we did look it up, the snatch for like a man in the, the 65 kilo Olympic weightlifting, and it's like 500 pounds. <laughs> so his 340 is super impressive, and I don't take anything away from that because the people that are snatching 500 pounds at 65 kilos probably can't do the rest of the stuff he can do. It's also the only thing they train for. Yeah, but that was a very fun moment. And I'm, I'm very excited to see more of that. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Podwad, it was Cassie's challenge. And it was uh, the uh, 100 rep finisher, um, which I didn't do it at the end. I did it before my workout. <laughs> and I also, I did it, I did it with a 25, a 35, and a 45. And I just did 50 reps at 45. I wasn't really sure how this would go. I, I was nervous, which is one of the reasons why I didn't grab a 55-pound plate. But it took me uh, 6.47, I believe. Nice. I did it two days ago after we were doing this super long, like, shoulder workout. And Gardner did it with me. Uh, I started before Gardner, and he was very taken aback. But whatever. I beat him anyway. Um, so I got about three minutes and 47 seconds for fun. And also... Louis did not beat you, right? Louis did not beat me. Louis also got 347. You shouldn't add that last part. Just he didn't beat you. He didn't beat me. I did it in three minutes and 50 seconds. I did it after Cassie did it. I was surprised that I did it that fast. I was happy with myself. And once I realized it's just like a little clean and jerk, I was like, oh, this isn't actually bad because I was a little bit terrified to do it at first. But it wasn't bad. And I never would have gone that fast if it wasn't for the fact Cassie was there and Malcolm was there and Gardner was there. And uh, they were all like yelling, you know, it's only been two minutes and 30 seconds. Just go. Uh, I definitely would have probably taken like 15 minutes if I did it by myself. Yeah, I did it by myself. And there was really it was really just me in my own head. Like, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. 
Uh, but it's it's Ashley's week this week. Being that we're talking about the semifinals, when I was watching the Torian Pro, I loved the clean ladder. I think it was a clean and jerk ladder, but we are not professional athletes. So my clean and jerk will like max out takes me like one minute to get to. <laughs> um, so we are going to be doing a clean ladder. We have invited a couple of people to do it with us. We're going to hope that they let us borrow the gym on a Sunday afternoon and set up. And if not, we'll just, you know, we'll do it on our own time, but I think it'll be fun to do it all together. And uh, we are going to do a ladder and how it is going to go is exactly like it did at the Torian, which this may or may not be right, but I think you have two minutes and two attempts at each, each station or just as many attempts as you can get in in two minutes. Um, and then you have to move on. But I am going to also give the uh, the towel. So they had this towel. Uh, you couldn't, Did either of you watch the Torian? Uh, no. no. Okay. So one, it was like a little bit of a, like a twist. Um, but you could skip a ladder. You could skip a spot if you wanted. So you threw your towel down and you could just have a two minute rest before the next lift. All right, what's the weights going up by 10 pounds or... So let's say it's okay. We'll just say it's 10 pounds for the sake of this. If I threw down the towel for 150, do I have to do 150 next round or do I go up to 160? You go up to 160. So you're skipping. Oh, nice. Okay. So you're skipping and you have to go up and, but if you go up and fail, the weight is whatever your, your last successful attempt was. Oh, so it'd be 140. Mm-hmm. So even though you were like, obviously you're only going to skip weights, you know, you can complete, right? You're not going to jump over your max, Um, but it's just like a little, a little twist in there. Some people did it, did it very successfully. Some people fucked themselves over. Kara did not use it at all and obviously went on to win that event very easily. (laughs) But, but I thought that would be a fun, fun activity. I'm game. All right. You can reach us at um, Wad of Mouth. I can't. Send us a DM on Instagram, or you can send us an email at watermouth at gmail.com. You can find me at live laugh. You can find me at live underscore laugh underscore wad on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Freck It Real Good. I'm really into smoothie bowls and different smoothies with all this uh, disgusting humidity and heat we've been having here in Maryland. So if you're if you're looking for some recipes to cool down, uh, check it out. All right, you can find me on Instagram at Platty Bro Fitness. He's Platty, I'm Dude Bro. Watch us work out. <laughs>